everyone and welcome back to another episode of Bayou Chronicles. We're your host. I'm Crystal. And I'm Bethany. And before we really get started, I want to give another huge shout out to Chris from Once Upon a Time in Shreveport. We uh, had the honor of being guest host on his podcast to discuss this little spooky spot here in North west louisiana if you haven't listened to it already we highly suggest that you do make sure you check him out and all of his other podcast work that he does around the area we had a great time and it was really fun to get out of the studio and explore the area a little bit um we definitely had a lot of fun collabing and we hope that in the future we can do more fun adventures with local creators and with chris himself so it was it was definitely fun. We liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't heard already and listened to the last podcast, we are going to be doing a Twitch stream this uh, this month on the twenty second. Yes. I believe it yeah. is a Sunday. Sunday. Um, instead of doing your traditional episode, we are going to do a Twitch stream. We do plan on this time, kind of well, basically uploading the. Twitch stream and converting it into an audio file and updating, like uploading it later on in the week as an actual episode so that people who don't have YouTube or Twitch, they have an alternate way to listen to the podcast. On an Apple podcast yeah. or Spotify or wherever so, else. So it just gives you some more options and different places to listen. Obviously, if you listen or are viewing it while we stream it, it's a little bit more authentic and may make more sense, but... It's also kind of like a live show in a way, too. I just thought about that. Yeah, I know. They technically are. A lot of people have been wanting us to, like, stream or record while we're, like, say we're sitting down now and recording this episode. We've actually had, I know some of my friends have asked, and I know some people have, like, said the same thing to Crystal. So we're going to try and start, like, incorporating that. Because there's, like, so many different components that we have to work on during the week. And that's just, like, another thing we have to fit in but we want to make sure we do what everybody is suggesting so we'll keep that in mind yeah definitely if you don't follow us already make sure that you do follow us on twitch so when we do go live you will get a notification just press the little heart button it'll follow us and then just make sure you get notifications um we really enjoy doing twitch streams and we can't wait to get back in the habit of it so spread the word and let people know if you have anybody that you know that likes twitch streams uh let them know that we're on there i would love to bring somebody on for one of our twitch streams yes that's not our husbands yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's true (laughs) they they both want to be so bad on the twitch streams yeah especially tyler i feel like tyler's already trying to get on another episode he's like dropping hints of like ideas for an episode he's like i would be great for this episode and here is xyz he wants to so bad he loves i told him he just needs to make his own podcast he should start yeah he should start a sports podcast that's what i told him i told him maybe he could like tell sports stories like crazy stories from like different or conspiracies like he did for our conspiracy episode so i mean he could do it he could do it the man's just as busy as I am. He has, like, 8 million things going on at one yep. time. He's, like, part of, like, three D&D leagues. Yep. A does, Smite League. He streams e-casting. for... Yeah, he does e-casting for his Smite League. Like, the dude... 
He could do it. We're just busy people. Anyway, today we are talking about a pretty interesting case. This is actually a fan-submitted case. I didn't know if I ever told you I that. I did not know this. I knew of this case. Yeah. But I didn't know. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, um, our guest host that I had for the Hart family, I believe, Morgan. Yes. Oh, Yes. Okay. She's actually okay. the one who told me about baby Dylan that nice. we're talking about today. And I told her that I would add it to the list, and you just happened to pick it. So. I did. I don't know. I think I picked it because, shout out to TikTok again. Um, I saw somebody talking about it. She does, like, little true crime, like, excerpts, like, mm-hmm. small little on here. And she talked about that. And I was like, I remember that case. Yeah. it wasn't really that long ago. No. And then Crystal was like, well, here's our list of cases that, because we were planning for the month of August. And I was like, I'll do that one. Yep. It just, I don't know, it's the first one my eyes stopped on. And I'm a, I'm a big believer, even, this is bad of me to say, even when I'm gambling, the first number or whatever that you look at, I always go with. So oh, yes. I saw yeah. this case first on the list, and I was like, let's you do gotta it. You've got to go with it. Yep. So, I'm going to pass it over to Bethany, and she is going to take it away. So, like Crystal said, today is episode 36. That is Crazy. Crazy. Um, it's crazy that we're going to be getting into season two of Bio Chronicles because, mm-hmm. I mean, we're getting into going in our second year almost. It's crazy. Are we going to take a break between season one or two? I don't know if we ever talked about it. I don't know. Well, maybe. Maybe instead of recording an episode, we'll go explore Texas or something yeah. Oklahoma maybe we'll make like a big, big like episode soda. but that lasts over four, four weeks. weeks Ooh, and that will be like we just record or it and then we have a month, month off. off I'm down for that and then huh. I went I will finally let Crystal drag me to these places she's yes. been wanting to drag me it's a good idea what we'll to plan that yes anyways that was an on the fly yes this is this is not scripted not edited that is literally we just came up with that so adhd uh, you heard it here first yeah anyways episode 36 today like crystal said we're talking about baby dylan groves um and it's a very sensitive topic um, it's one me and Crystal hate to do, but they deserve to be talked about, maybe even a little more than others. That's not taking away from other victims. But, guys, babies can't speak for themselves. So, no. we are speaking for baby Dylan today. Um, and sweet little innocent babies like Dylan Groves um, is really, 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 really worth talking about. And um, he was born January 10th. 2019 um i knew this case i knew what happened but when i looked up the dates it didn't really hit me until i saw the number mm-hmm. um how fresh that is yeah this is literally two years ago mm-hmm. so he's a little who was a little baby capricorn i think yeah i'm really bad with zodiac i think he's a, it's not yeah. me he's a capricorn because i'm an aquarius and i'm the later half of January. I gave birth to an Aries and a Scorpio, and I'm very, very terrified of the Scorpio. And can you guess which one it is? Oh my gosh, the Scorpio. Scorpios are dangerous and wild. I say, I would say your Scorpio's Joe. And oh my god, yeah. And Aries are like calm. That's what I was thinking. I'm thinking about your Aries because I was like, "Mm, it's probably Alex (laughs) because he's so like, just not. He's not calm. He's a kid. But he's very like me and Zach are both communicative. We're both Gemini's, yeah. which I feel like Gemini fits for Zach. They are born one day apart. apart. How yes. cute is that? Ugh, throw up. Anyway, wait the same I, year. I've never asked that. 
Hmm? Are y'all born this like yeah. same year? We're literally well. It's the time difference. If you didn't consider the time difference, because he was born in Arizona, uh-huh. we were technically born at the same time. Oh, that's cool. Well, like twenty four hours apart. Yeah, but like with the time zone, it makes us like twenty six hours apart or something like that. That's cool. But I was born at two o'clock in the morning in Florida, and he was born at like four o'clock in Arizona. Uh huh. But they're like what two hours behind us, so yeah. technically. Yeah. Same time, different day. Yeah. That's cool, though. Anyways. Yeah. ADHD is really hitting today. Yeah. Oh, it's hitting bad. Sorry. <laughs> but two years ago, and when I really saw that date, I was like, wow, we're kind of, this is not like a new-ish case, but two years is not that far away, considering we've talked about cases from like the 70s and 80s. Oh, yeah. Um, And I, like we just talked about, I have two kiddos of my own, and... This sweet little boy was born to parents, Jessica and Daniel Groves. Um, I'm going to be honest, the mugshots, like, instantly gave me an uneasy feeling. Yeah, because homegirl's hair is wild. It's wild, and they just look lifeless, and there's, like, nothing, I don't know, you could just, like, see pure evil in it. That's so cliche, and I feel like I say that about every mugshot that I see, but that is how I feel especially the especially daniel he just has like no emotion Mm -mm. he's just there and homegirl just looks like she's just woke up out of bed the ringer and um anyways um the family was living in portsmouth ohio um jessica and daniel actually have a 14 year old child as well i'll be honest i did not do much research into that child i did a little bit there seemed to be like nothing like off um and i prefer not to mention their names and i know crystal doesn't really like to mention it's not important you can do your own research if you want to look into that i'm literally not going to talk about that child at all because it's not about them i hate to be that way um but we choose to leave children's names out this child was probably just as like traumatized traumatized by the whole they lived it as well so if you want to do your own research and look them up and everything that's fine i'm leaving them out there's no they're still a minor to this day they're a minor this was only two years ago so they're about 16 about to turn 17 think of that okay so that's why we just it's not our cup of tea i don't want to come on here say their name give an address that's really stupid when people (laughs) do that i'm gonna come out and say it and be honest um but we choose we're talking about baby dylan today so that's who we're going to be mentioning um and i can't help but think that this family was i mean they were normal i'm before what i'm about to talk about they were normal there was i mean jessica was actually an lpn so that's a a licensed practitioner nurse and that's actually what my sister-in-law is and um that's a pretty normal job you have to go through some background checks some testing some schooling to be able to do that um so i don't know i guess i was just kind of like confused how we went from that family they have a 14 year old 14 year old's always been taken care Mm -hmm. of there's no reports of abuse no spousal abuse to what we're about to talk about that's what i don't know was it weird for you yes because it yes and no yes because you're right. It, she had a normal job. They had a kid. Yeah, they were good. They were a family. And obviously, we never know anything behind closed doors. doors. Yeah. But this story revolves very heavily around drugs. 
does. And drugs are, what's the word? They are unpredictable. And it can turn a very normal person into a completely dangerous person. I guess. Because it went from, like, normal family, the wife's a nurse. I never really found what the dad did. It didn't really have much. I didn't, I'll be honest. I cared nothing to look up about these people because they just made me sick to my stomach. Mm -hmm. So I did very little research on them. Mm -hmm. But they they described that because, like, even some of the, I'm going to talk about in a minute, the nurses from the hospital that testified. They were like, how'd this lady go from being a nurse, helping people, to being, like, strung out on drugs? And I had that same question. And I was like, but like Crystal said, I mean, hard drugs can take, like, even... All it takes is the curiosity of yeah. saying, hmm, I wonder Try, what meth what, is like. like cool. And then you do it. Hell no. Yeah. I, and then you're addicted. No, thank you. I have... Me personally, no desire to do. Oh, I drugs. I have no desire to do them either. Only because I know that this is going to sound crazy. It may sound crazy. It may sound normal to somebody else. But I know that it's going to make me feel so good that I'm never going to want to stop. That's why I don't. I do agree. Hard drugs. I have a very addictive personality. I mean, I do have ADHD mm-hmm. and like a bunch of other stuff, and I fixate on stuff. So I know if I were to pick up, like, say, cocaine. Oh, I know. Oh, I'd be like, hell I would be yeah. Like, I this love is hitting this. good. Like, this is the stuff, man. And then I would, yeah. Also, so, though, I'm going to out myself here. I grew up watching, like, mug shots of my dad mm-hmm. and being very embarrassed because he was addicted to methamphetamines. And mm-hmm. then I was like, I don't want to do that to my children. I don't want them to, Yeah, like, you don't. You don't want them Kids to at school see are like, like that. hey, I saw your dad. First of all, why are small children? Yeah. It's not, it's their parents. Yes. But anyways, I was just confused because I was like, this family seems like a white picket fence. I mean, it's Ohio, probably not, but <laughs> <laughs> how do we get here? Anyways, we're getting sidetracked. But ADHDs. Yes. Send so, the Yeah. Further investigation brought up the couple had begun picking up hard drugs like me and crystal were just talking about and i did research it and it was like every person in their life had a different story and a different drug oh that's nice um that's lovely that's great that's lovely that all your friends think you're taking different drugs but that and then this is where i'm confused because the husband admitted that she was taking heroin Okay. Which is different. That's not but the same But she didn't test positive for, for heroin. heroin. No. We'll get there, but So could that she have mind. been lying? I think he was lying. And I don't know why he lied about the drug. Maybe he was trying to make it a worse drug, but I mean, meth is equally... I mean, I think I... Okay, I have a, I have a system of drugs for me. Like, I think of, like, weed as, like, mm. Uh, yeah. Like, I think, I think of, like, tobacco, weed, alcohol... Are in my, like, very similar group. Actually, I would put alcohol above weed. I mean, yeah, because you're going to drink and drive. But you know what what you're saying. Like, as far as, like, what it is. Yeah. And then I think of, like, party drugs. It's, like, like ecstasy. Molly. Yeah. um, LSD. Acid. Mushrooms. Those are, are, you should be around people People. that are sober who can take care of you. Because you could have a bad trip or a good trip. Yeah. Yes. And then I group, like, all of my hard drugs, like heroin, Mm. crack. Cocaine, meth, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so super hardcore addictive drugs together. 
I will never touch those. I, but for some reason in my mind, heroin is like the worst of all of those. I don't know why my mind goes to that. Probably and because... And maybe that's why he said heroin to make her sound... Because this is... I'm kind of like doing like a fast forward. This is him saying to the cops later on mm-hmm. that she was on heroin. Probably You probably think of heroin as like bad because you probably associate with like the like the 80s heroin epidemic like when it started to get heroin it's also and coke really bad in my hometown really like the two drugs that people do are heroin and meth yeah meth is here and bath salts which is i'm sorry i'm judging Stupid. you i'm judging if you. you've ever done that that's right up there with spice like i was about to say spice. i was about to say spice Just smoke marijuana yeah like come on anyways we're getting sidetracked and the, me and crystal know way too much about drugs i yes. promise we aren't not affiliated with we're not part of the cartel we know we don't anyways, we don't do drug trades to make money for some to support reason the later on when questioned the husband says she's doing heroin i don't know why because not true at all maybe he's but maybe he's dumb i don't maybe i don't know <laughs> maybe, maybe she's he just really know stupid him. but the couple was actively taking drugs when they found out um and remote Take note of that. I'm saying the couple right now uh-huh. because at one point they both were doing drugs, but that'll make more sense later on why I'm telling you that. Um, and they were taking hard drugs when they found out Jessica was pregnant with baby number two. Okay, I just don't understand why if you are at the age where you can still get pregnant she's like, and you're doing drugs. At this time, I think she's 39 Because right now she should be like 42, 41. So, yeah, she was like 39. Okay. So, like, I understand that you might be in a situation where you cannot afford birth control. And you cannot afford any kind of sterilization. How'd she go 14 years? Without having a baby. Yeah. Or or maybe she did and we don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But that's a whole other story for another day. I have that same question, though. my mind, like, I was like, how did like, she go 14 years? Like, part of me, like, instinctually, part of me wants to blame her for not taking precautions to not have a baby if she's doing drugs. But I have to remember I, that she may not have had the resources available. I talked about that a little bit, and maybe that's, like, the feminist in us. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, why is it all her fault? Like, mm-hmm. you know, he has a pee-pee, like, and you know, could've... and stuff. And why yeah. is it the mom that did all this? Maybe the dad was part of it. Yeah. It's always the mom like it's always has to be the mom went crazy which in this case she did she did but i mean maybe it's a little feminism the misogyny side of it was like it has to be the mom (laughs) she's crazy she has the uterus and i'm like what of the dad like i mean it takes two to take anyway it does sidetracked again but um like I said, it was really weird for me. I have a lot of questions. Crystal has a lot of questions. We'll probably never get them answered. But, I mean, hard drugs are very common in the world. So, I guess it's not that strange. And I just need to, like, wrap my head around it. But, at this point, she's getting further along. Jessica is really starting to show. Her 14-year-old actually, like, straight up walks up to her and is like, Mom, are you pregnant? And they, like, basically Did tell, she know she was pregnant? She did, but okay. she literally didn't tell anybody. She didn't have a talk with her child. She didn't, like, speak of the baby. 
And that was really sad to me that, like, your 14-year-old child has to come up to you and is like, Mom, are you about to have a baby? So, at any point, did she get, like, any kind of prenatal care we're about to talk. We're about to talk about that. But probably what you're thinking is what I'm about to say. So, yeah. Anyways, she's getting further along in her pregnancy. I mean, you know, others are noticing... I'm not sure who these others are because at this time there was no record of her working, either of them, which was very confusing. How are they surviving? How are they paying rent? How are they taking care of their 14-year-old? How are they buying food? How are they getting drugs? Like, yeah, I don't know. But at this time, I could not find any record or any of the documentaries or the research I did of them working. The Her being LPN was like when her 14-year-old was younger. Okay, you may answer this question, and you can just tell me yes or no. Do we know for sure that the baby was her husband? No. Oh, that's a good theory. I don't think, in all the research I did, I don't think anybody brought that up. I think they just automatically assumed it was Daniel's. Ooh, like maybe she got into hard drugs, and the the dude she was doing drugs with got her pregnant. Ooh, that's juicy. And the husband killed the baby? Oh, see, because I, cause all I was thinking is how were they getting drugs if they don't have a job? job? I mean, they have to be doing something. And as we mentioned in our last case, some people resort to selling their body yeah. in order to get drugs. Well, I had a theory. I'm just going to go ahead and say it, that maybe Daniel was the one dealing the drugs. Which very well could be the thing. But is uh, he dealing or is he, ju- he just, is he make? Because he doesn't seem like he's smart enough to make. I mean, I'm oh not my, assuming. No. I don't know, though. I mean, there's some hillbillies out there that make, you know, moonshine and meth. They can make meth out of, you know, it's like a MacGyver. Give them two paper clips and a pack of cold medicine and they could probably make meth. But I don't know. That's a good theory. I feel like Crystal just like broke this entire I'm sorry. case. I just I thought I thought about that. I didn't like think as you we were talking. Oh, I just was like assuming that this couple that have been together for twenty years and had a fourteen year old had a second child together, but now I'm doubting everything. I'm sorry. I mean it's not hurting. I'm pretty the sure case. they I'm sure they had the to, baby still like, died. Like I feel like they probably did. It may not be something that they had like they released. But I think that if it wasn't was, his child, we would have known. We would have known. to know because they would have DNA testing. I'm I would, assuming. I would think. Uh, I don't yeah. know, though. But I feel like if it wasn't his child, that would have been a bigger part of the case. Yeah. Because that would have given, like, some type of motive. Yeah. Okay, but we're, fa- we're fasting forward. She's about nine months pregnant at this point. We're just going to jump along because there's nothing in between. <laughs> because this lady... Did not go to any doctor's appointments at all. Nothing. Very little people knew that she was even pregnant unless they saw her in person. Um, because if you've ever had a baby before, they make you pee in that little tiny cup that's way too small. And half the time you pee on your hand. It's ridiculous. I, just, I have to like stick it up uh, there and like just hold it because if not, terrible. I will pee all over and the place. And they make you do it. And think... Think of, like, nine months pregnant, like, giant belly women and doctors. You can't even reach your arm over your belly. At that point, I was like, if there's pee in it, there's pee in it. There's not. I'm not. Y'all are just going to have to. You're going to have to come in here to hold the cup if you want some pee in it. But, and they take vials and vials of your blood. You're basically being, it's like a vampire. I was going to say, they're sucking you dry. Jesus Christ. She can't risk any of that. If she does one pee test, they're going to know she's on meth. So, she does not go to any doctor's appointments. 
and because they would know they would immediately call cps whoever not like that matters in this case anyways um okay so this is where it's gonna start to get wild and you'll probably start getting mad if you're not already i was already fuming doing the research like we haven't even put a toe in the water and i was already mad but it's D-Day. It's eviction day. The baby is ready to come out. Oh my god. Like, just thinking about that. Like, I just got a shiver. <sighs> Anyways. Jessica decides to go to the local hospital. That part honestly surprised me. Because I was just assuming, you know, since she didn't go to any, any prenatal appointments. She's doing meth. That she would just try to have the baby at home. Like, I, I, that's my maybe first she, thought. Maybe it's because she was a nurse that she, you know, kind of, like, had, like, this instinctual, like, okay, maybe I should go to the hospital. Because it's not pain. Have... And I'll explain in a minute why it wasn't pain that made her go to the hospital. Oh. Okay, well, I'm going to shut up because I would go to the hospital if I was in pain. If any time. But I feel like it's what Crystal just said. Like, she was, like, it was instinct. Like, she's she was a mom. She's already been a mom before. So maybe instinctively her bo- her mind was like, go to the hospital. You don't need to. But I, I don't know. I was just, like, I honestly was thinking, oh, she'll just, like, have the baby at home and, like, throw it away. Sadly, women have done that in the past. Um, but no, she does go to the hospital. She busts in the front door. I mean, like, you really have to go on YouTube and watch all the testimonies because some of the nurses testify and all the other stuff. And it was crazy how they described Jessica coming up into this hospital. They said she basically busts through the front doors and was like, the baby's coming, the baby's coming, get it out, get it out. And, like, she never referred to it, like, she said it. Like, get out of me. It. Like, they didn't, she wasn't saying, I mean, boy I ain't or girl, gonna he lie. or she, or the kid. I'm not gonna lie. If I was pregnant, I would be screaming, get it out of me, too. And, but it wasn't get like, it she wasn't screaming in pain. That's the oh, crazy part. Like, it was just like, it was bothering her almost. Yes. Like, she was, like, not in pain because she was high, but she could just, like, feel like the contractions were almost, like, more of an it uncomfortable. Like, like, she knew it was happening and just wanted it out. Like, she wanted to move past this. Yes. Okay. Like, okay. she was disconnected. Okay. If that makes sense. I, I, I think I, I think I get you. But you, if you go on YouTube, like, all the, like, they broadcasted the entire trial and everything. And I sat and I watched and I really got sidetracked from, like, writing my notes on this case. Because I was so invested in watching these trials. And, like, each, each person is, like, an hour long. Some were, like, two hours. So... Definitely watch And that. all very sad. They are. Every single one. But they describe Jessica as being one of the strangest women to come into labor and delivery. And think about that. They deliver tons of babies a year. That's crazy for them to say. Tons of babies probably a day. day. Yeah, a day. So, which is really cute. If you've never had a baby and you are at the hospital having a baby, if you hear like this little sweet lullaby and dinging noise, it means another baby's been born in the hospital. It was really cute. Like, when I had... They didn't do it with Alex, because obviously that was on a military base, and they literally hate everybody in their life. 
But I had my second. You're like, crap, another baby we have to take care of. Yeah, but I had my second at this really cute hospital in New Mexico. And they, it like, it was like, da 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 da. And then it sang this like little sweet lullaby. That's to, actually kind to of To let cute. you know that another baby was just born. And of course I was crying and emotional because I just So had what it. do they do when someone dies? They play, want to actually, I asked because I'm just. Homicidal mania. I was gonna say I'm very like morbid. They so. play another lullaby and it's really, really sad, but it lets you know so like if the grieving mother is around, like you don't overwhelm her. Oh, so it was. Uh, I thought they would play music if like a person died too. Oh, I don't know. It was just babies. I was on the baby ward though. But that is sweet and sad that they yeah. would let you know. But I thought it was sweet. But this is not what we're talking about. No. This lady comes in like a bull in a china cabinet screaming about the alien inside of her that's the way i felt like she was describing baby dylan like there was a parasite in her and she wanted it taken out now and they like immediately knew something was up because if you work labor delivery like these women do every single day you probably know how women act how they are how they feel even like like, yeah. tons of women are going to not act the same. Like, you're going to have the women who are like, I'm ready to have a baby. Yeah. And then you're going to have the lady be like, goodness, baby, normally, I need you. Normally, they're like, even if the women are handling the pain well, they're still, like, moaning loudly. And that was me. Uh-huh. I was not, like, a screamer. But I moaned in stuff like that. Like, you could tell I was an active lady. She just came in and was, like, emotionless. Not screaming. I need not to get, I need you to get this baby out of me. She wasn't wincing at all. Like they even said when she pushed the baby out, it was like no feeling. That's weird. Effortless. That's weird. They were freaked out. That's what they testified. They were like, We knew she was on something. They thought she was like on crack. Like she had just yeah. taken like several doses of bath salts. Like they were like, This woman is on something. So that was Totally awesome for your parents to show up to the hospital on map. Great. Your mom is, like, being superwoman because she's feeling nothing. She could probably be ran over by a car and wouldn't feel it. Um, but, I mean, she didn't attend any prenatal appointments. So, when they get her in, they have no records of her. It's been 14 years since she had her last child. And it might not have even been at this hospital. I'll say it might have been. I'll be honest. I didn't look that up. But they, I'm assuming it wasn't because they had no record of her at this hospital. Like, they were trying to get their, her name out of her. Like, a birth date, something. Um, and since they noticed that she was clearly on drugs, um, they were already planning on getting a urine sample from her or a blood sample or Well, I mean, something. they typically do anyway. Yeah, sometimes they do. When you go in, you have to do some kind of, But they knew she was on something. Yeah. So, but she was not answering any questions. She refused to talk to them. She would not tell them her name. Um, but actually, when they got her on the bed, they catheterized her real quick and got, like, a small urine yeah. sample. Um and while she had the baby and, like, during her stay, it did come back positive for methamphetamine. So. That's a shame. They knew, though. Yeah. I mean, they knew. Um, and even her husband, Daniel, was of no use. He literally didn't utter a single word the whole time in the hospital. He was kind of like Jessica. When he walked in, he was, like, disconnected. He was quiet. He had no emotion. Like, 
I mean, that's not normal, folks. Like, get you a new man, throw <laughs> him out if that's how he acts. Like, was he under the influence of drugs when they got to the hospital? They felt like that. But he didn't get tested, like, at that moment. Okay. But they said he kind of acted similar. It was like, if you've never seen somebody that's high on meth or, like, crack or heroin, you're going to be very, like, up at first. You're going to have, like, even if you take, like, a bump of cocaine, you're going to be very, like, energized. Um, For the harder stuff, you're probably going to be, like, a little down for a minute. And then you're going to get this, like burst of energy and you're going to be up for like days Mm -hmm. weeks even depending on what you're taking they kind of felt like she was coming off of a high because she didn't have a lot of energy i mean she's Mm. having a freaking baby yeah but she felt no pain or anything so weird like she was still high but not like the so the real question is can they actually can they get the part can scientists get the part that didn't let her feel any pain for and when you have babies. For when you have a baby. Oh my god, hell yeah! Could you imagine? For periods. Oh my oh. god! Just synthesize that oh. without the high, without anything oh. else. If there's a lady scientist out there, this is what you should be working on. This in the world. You would be a billionaire. All because we ate a stupid apple. Supposedly. Anyways, we're getting off track again. Stupid ease. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. Get you a new man. That's not, I mean, I'm thinking back to when I had my babies. And, I mean, even my person, he, or my husband, he's very, like, reserved and to himself. But he was, like, kind of, like, freaking out and was, like, all over the place. And here's this dude walking in. Your wife's already, like, super high on meth. And he's just, like, not helping her. He set off to the side. It It's just such a joy for baby Dylan to be born with both of your parents high as a kite at the hospital it's just that's awesome that's awesome um but the next part breaks my heart and i'm gonna keep saying this over and over again i'm gonna say it breaks my heart because that's what i felt and how i feel when i was writing these notes um but i i honestly can't imagine um baby dylan is finally born he's finally here And, um, like I said, the nurses said they laid her down on the bed. She was already 10 centimeters dilated when she got there. So she was already ready to go. They catheterized her real quick to get the urine sample. And then he was literally out in three pushes. And they said it was effortless. That's insanity. She showed no signs of pain. That's crazy. Um, but he was born with almost no color. He was five pounds four ounces wow tiny he's a little baby so tiny. but they don't know but since she had no prenatal care they don't know exactly how early he was or do they have like an estimate they don't know they were pretty confident she was about nine months so basically full term Mm -hmm. um and he was like i said born with no color five pounds four ounces um and um, he immediately began shaking violently. Like, his arms would shake. His legs would jerk. Um, a few days later, he would begin to have sweats because, oh, poor baby. you know, he's clearly the product of addiction. He's was born addicted, addicted. to methamphetamines. 
So it's it was pretty clear to the labor and delivery staff. Um, they instantly began preparing to do something about the situation, which is awesome of this hospital and this staff that they actually cared. And they jumped into um, action. Yeah, because he didn't ask for any of this. He didn't even ask to be born. No, and he here he is, here. born into the world, addicted to methamphetamine. So he spent a total of his first five days in the NICU, which actually I felt like was not that long, mm-hmm. considering how small and what he was going through. Um, but they say that Jessica didn't even hold him. Like she That's did, so sad. She didn't. They offered to do skin to skin before they took him to the NICU, and she refused. She didn't want to hold him at all. Look, I'm gonna need COVID to be over so people can go back to volunteering the hospital to snuggle babies. You can do that because I would literally yes. do that. I would go every day after work mm. and just snuggle babies. But he spent most of his time at the hospital in the NICU or with the nurses because. Jessica nor Daniel had any interest in holding or taking care of baby Dylan. They would come and ask if they wanted to, like, assist with the bath or he needed to have his testings done. And they said that the parents had no desire. So, sadly, the nurses had to do everything. And And you know that made them get so much more attached to the poor baby. And the nurses didn't have this baby. You had this baby. So... That part was hard for me, and I think it was a little more hard for me. And I was, I really was trying not to judge while I did research for this episode. But my own personal pregnancy was very high risk. It was really, really, really rough. I spent most of my pregnancy in the hospital with my oldest. It was nothing like you see in the movies. There was no glowing. I don't know what this stupid glowing they said that you are. There was no Disney animals that, like, popped out and sang to me while I, like, effortlessly (laughs) pushed out a baby like Jessica did. Like, that did not happen for me. Like, it was really hard. Um, I actually almost died because my doctor was really stupid and didn't know how to do an emergency C-section. I almost bled out. It was 10 out of 10. Don't recommend. I straight up did not have a good time. It was rough. I was exhausted afterwards, but I like I still asked to hold my baby. Yeah. Like even after I woke up out of recovery, I was like, okay, where is he? Because I didn't get it's to your see baby. Him. Yeah, I didn't get to see him because I was put to sleep. My husband obviously got to see him, and um, his godfather was actually at Ray. Yeah. Ray was at the hospital, and they both held him. And like literally, I was out for five hours because. Apparently, they gave me too much anesthesia, and I had to sign a lot of reports that I wouldn't sue the military hospital because I'm not allowed to sue the military hospital. But, yeah, they gave me a little too much anesthesia, and I almost didn't wake up. Oh, that's nice. But, yeah, even after that, I was like, where's my baby? I want to hold him. Yeah, because that's the first thing you're thinking about. When I was doing this research, and I was like, she didn't even want to hold him? Like, you don't want to give him a bath? Like... Why'd you have them then? I don't understand. But, I mean, some women just don't have the motherly instinct. And some some do and some don't. That's just what it comes down to. And her instance was a little bit different. You know, she's struggling with that addiction. But I just kept going back and thinking, they have a 14-year-old. Like, is that child not being taken care of? Or is it, are they taking care of themselves? I just had so many questions, but I couldn't find any reports of, 
like child neglect or abuse or any kind of anything so I don't know but the nurses during the testimony would go on to say that sadly there are 10 babies at a time in their baby ward at the hospital in Portsmouth that is born with addiction that's horrible so if you go into the nursery at the Portsmouth Ohio hospital i'm not going to say which hospital you can research that 10 babies in there right now are struggling with drug addiction with withdrawals and that breaks your heart i don't care who you are how you feel it's not okay that is tough um so that was after the stay at the hospital and they notified daniel groves which is jessica's husband dylan's father several days later about coming to discuss um the baby they basically lied to him they were like come in let's talk about the baby and you know this and that because they couldn't be like hey we want to see if you test positive just how your wife tested positive for methamphetamine they can't say that over the phone because then dan's gonna be like oh can't can't go in for that so this situation was just really different from others going and supposedly having a baby and it being happy. Um, but the staff and authorities were afraid for the well-being of baby Dylan. I mean, mom just came in. She was very disconnected. She tested positive for methamphetamines. Now they're like, do we want to send him home with these people? I mean, he's having withdrawals in the NICU. This baby is shaking violently. He's having sweats. It was a lot, and it was clear red flags that they needed to do something for baby Dylan. So we're going to fast forward to talk about, I describe her as an actual angel on earth. The type of person that little babies like Dylan truly need in their life during times like this, because she's an actual saint. Mm -hmm. And if you watch her testimony, you'll you'll get why I'm describing her like this because you can just feel her emotion. It's heartbreaking. I cried. I'm not going to lie. You can... This woman is genuine and they even have to stop multiple times during the trial because she has to compose herself because she's crying so hard just from talking about it. This was two years ago. So... (sighs) CPS and everyone knew they needed to get, you know dylan away from this this was not okay so they began looking to place dylan with the foster family you know at least for a little bit while mom maybe seeks out help dad you know gets life together they figure things out because right now baby dylan cannot go home with them and um a sweet sweet woman that i'm talking about named andrea bowling had recently applied to be a foster parent Um, actually back in 2017 is when she applied and she was the foster parent to two children. It was two siblings, actually. I'm not going to give out their information either. It's not important. Not important. You can do your research. She actually had them for almost two years before they were reunited. That's what it's called with their family. Um, and then shortly after that is when she received the call about baby Dylan. And um, her and her husband actually have a, a son, but he's older at the time. He was in high school. I think now he's in college. That's sweet, though, um, that, that they were fostering. That's yeah, what I want to do. Yeah, it was really 
It was awesome. And she's actually an elementary school teacher for almost 20 years. She's taught second grade for most of her career, and now she teaches third grade. And actually, being a teacher is what got her to become a foster parent. Um, I'm sure she saw those kids. Yeah, some of the children in her classes over the years had parents that very obviously struggled with addiction, and then she actually had two students in her class that were foster children. Mm -hmm. And their foster parents kind of gave her all the info she needed to become one herself. So that's awesome. I absolutely love that. Yes. So, um, like I said, the staff at the labor delivery, they called CPS, they called the proper authorities, and then they called Andrea, the, um, the foster parent organization. I'm not really sure what they're called, but they called Andrea and told her about baby Dylan and i mean she like instantly hit the ground woman this lady was this woman was actually at school teaching class when she got the call and that day after school she went and began getting the materials she needed for a newborn she went to the hospital and took several classes on how to handle fostering a baby that is suffering from withdrawals which is Really a totally sad. different thing when it comes to a baby, It too. is, and it's really sad that we have classes to teach to people because that shows how many babies we have out there suffering from addiction and withdrawals because of, you know, being influenced to it their entire pregnancy. But it is what it is. At least we have it. Um, if you watch her testimony, the defense and even the people from the state of Ohio, they really seem to drag her on. They ask her some of the same questions over and over. It's very repetitive, and it was... They're all- trying to get her to trip up. And it answer. was, and you could tell she was very emotional. Not emotional because she was trying to embellish, but just because she, like, purely cared about this child. Mm-hmm. And it was like, they just kept... They kept asking questions that, in my opinion, really didn't have anything to do. Like, how many children in your classroom have you seen suffer the effects of addiction? What does that have to do with Dylan? I think it probably has more to do with the fact that they're trying to show that she's seen it a lot. And she and that, can notice it. And she notices it. Yeah. And the defense is probably like, oh, so you are you see this a lot, so you have a prejudice against parents who do have children yeah, with addiction? Yeah, because at one point he was snarky with her, and he was like, what kind of background are you in drug addiction? And yeah. it was like trying to make her seem like, oh, you're just a teacher. And she was like, well, actually, I've noticed this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And it was like, shut up, dude. Anyway. <laughs> she's a saint. Yeah, she knows what she's talking about. Um, but it was really strange. It was strange and weird and insane that this stranger prepared more for this child than his own mother. I mean, she took baby Dylan to his pediatric appointments. She got a crib. Her cousin gave her a crib. She got a mamaroo from her friends at church. That's so Diapers, sweet. formula. Jessica Groves didn't do any of this. She didn't even go to her prenatal appointments because she didn't want them to know she was on meth. Like this, and this woman who is just a teacher. Teacher. Is already far more invested and in this child's life. And she's spending money out of her pocket. Even during the testimony, she said the state doesn't reimburse you no. for very much for being a foster parent. And that's true. This was out of her... And teachers don't make a lot. She she's already even paid out of pocket for her classroom. Classroom. 
yeah just think about that for a second i don't i don't know it was really like i said it was really hard not to judge because she is suffering from addiction and all this is going on and i was just trying to like i was trying to put myself in jessica's shoes but i we can't we're not suffering from addiction we're not addicted to meth so i can't say but like i literally have judged this entire episode because i was like why couldn't she just stop at least till after she had the baby mm-hmm. go to one doctor's appointment at least go find out what you're having or something i don't know i mean or hear me out people may get mad when that when y'all say it, when i say this but she could have very well had an abortion as well too Okay, I'm glad Crystal mentioned it because I was going to mention it, but I was trying not to get too political, but yes. Like, like agree with it or not, it, it's a viable option that yeah, she had. she clearly... Because you cannot tell me that any, no one can tell me, you, again, I'm trying not to get political with this, yeah. but would you rather have this child, this child ultimately dies. He dies. Like, yeah. like, if you believe that abortion is murder. Brutally. Then this child was murdered either way. Yeah. So would you have rather this child been murdered when it was just cells? And you can't give us the foster, foster adoption crap because he was with the foster parent and she loved him and he was. And given she wanted back him and they gave him back. back. But either way, either way, if you believe abortion is murder, this child was still He's murdered. Still murdered. But this child was murdered after he was, he was placed. Bo- yeah. He was born and placed in a situation where someone was willing to love him and adopt him. But the government and the state failed, failed. and Pro, he still died. Pro-lifers are not ready for that conversation. So that, that's why this case upsets me so much is because she had options. We as a society, personally, I feel like we as a society failed her and failed baby growth. We are not, I don't know how to put this, we are not just incubators. We are not just breeders. Mm-mm. We are not old Bessie out at the farm that's popping out more little cows for you to use on your dairy farm and your slaughtering farms. This woman very clearly, and it makes me very scared for the life of this 14-year-old. There's no record of it, but that child had to have been neglected. Mm-hmm. Something. All of this, like Crystal said, could have how many cases do we get on here or do you listen on podcasts that could have been prevented if these women were allowed to do what they wanted yep or if the systems that i'm about to talk about and i'm probably going to get really heated in the state of ohio is poopy doopy had actually done their job this baby would also be alive yep but Anyways, let's get back into it because it's not going to get any better. You're going to continue to be mad the rest of this episode. But as you should be. Yes. I was I I literally wrote this over what 2 weeks. Mm-hmm. I literally had to take my time because I would do some watch testimony, write some down in my notes, write it in the Google Doc, and I would have to go like something, eat something, eat a cookie, <laughs> some ice cream, talk to my kids. Well, it's, it's infuriating. It is. But anyways, um, this next part really made me mad. I made sure to put it. I watched Andrea Bowling, the foster mom. 
cry her eyes out on the stand. I mean, they literally had to keep pausing the, the recording so she could compose herself. And they even took a small recess. The judge let her take a small recess to kind of get it together. Mm-hmm. And then it pans over, like, slowly. Picture you're looking at Andrea on the stand. And then it pans over slightly to Jessica and Daniel. Daniel is motionless the entire time. He does not cry. He doesn't show an emotion. It's not till Andrea starts crying. No, actually, I'll say what gets Jessica crying. They show, it's like exhibit blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. It's probably like 579. They probably had a lot from this case. I feel like it was 40 something. And it's two pictures that Andrea had personally taken and given to jessica and daniel to have Mm -hmm. she's still being nice to these people Mm -hmm. these people are drug addicts and she's caring for their child and she's still giving them pictures so they have pictures of him it's not till they show that picture to like the courtroom that jessica kind of starts whimpering and it's not even like a i would be like hysterical and it's like (laughs) and she like wipes a single tear I don't have no sympathy for that. And that's how she is. You killed... Your child. Your child. And this woman, the stranger's on a stand crying, talking about how she loved him and would have gave him whatever he needed in life. And it was like... Like this woman was fully prepared to support your son for the rest yeah. of his life. She Okay, so she's a teacher, like I said. She took 12 days off as soon as she got Dylan. That's hard that's for a teacher a to saint, do. Yes, and she said that. Well, well, because you, I don't know how it is in Ohio, but I'm pretty sure it's like in Louisiana. You only have a certain amount of days, and yeah. anything you take after that, you don't you, get, you, you don't, don't get, get paid, paid for. and you have to pay for the substitute. You do. You have to bring your own sub in, and you have to actually pay her because the state only gives you. I want to say. It's like six days a year mm-hmm. that you get for a sub. And then you also, you obviously have like Christmas time off. You want to stop this for a second. America. So baby Dylan was actually only with um, the bowling foster family for a total of 12 days. Like I was saying, um, Andrea took 12 days off from work she's a school teacher that's really hard to do and she even said at the trial when she was given her testimony she would have taken as many days off. i'm at i'm actually thinking that like she probably would have had the conversation with her husband like i'm gonna quit my teaching job and stay home with this baby like i got that vibe mm-hmm. from her which says so much about her heart that really shows she really, in those 12 days, built a connection with baby Dylan. I mean, it's insane to think about. And like I said, I basically cried during Andrea's whole testimony while she testified. It was very, I don't know, I felt like I was feeling all the emotions she was feeling as she was saying and crying. Um, but she definitely loved that baby, and I don't understand why he was reunited with his parents so soon, and he technically wasn't reunited with his parents. He was reunited to his father, Daniel. That is technically who he was released back to, but CPS was like, 
okay, Mr. Groves has tested negative for two weeks of drugs. We're going to have him reunite with his father. His mom continued to test positive for methamphetamines. She was allowed to visit Dylan at the home, but she was not allowed to live at the home. How does that make sense? It doesn't, but okay. And Andrea didn't actually know that he was being reunited. She thought they were scheduling a weekly visitation. Like I said, she was a foster mom for two years. She mm-hmm. knows how this... You you have one, one scheduled visit or meeting a week. Mm-hmm. So she was calling to be like, Hey, I need to make sure my work schedule is good. I'm going back to work. What day do you want to do our visit or our meeting? And that's when the CPS worker was like, we're actually going to be reuniting baby Dylan with his father, Daniel, on Monday morning. And Andrea was like sick to her stomach. Oh, I I imagine. Because the week before, they had had a visit and Jessica was clearly still on drugs. Mm -hmm. Like it was very apparent to Andrea. She said that she didn't feel like Daniel was on drugs, but she could tell that Jessica was very much still doing that. So, she could tell. She said that she kind of felt like right before the meeting, Jessica got high. Because she was like all over the place. And jumping up and down. And very happy. And flailing her arms. And like very talkative. And couldn't sit still. And she was like, that's very odd behavior. Because your baby was taken from you. And this is your first time meeting with him and visiting with him and he's been living with a foster parent for almost two weeks so it was very odd for her and she actually called the office and told them that she was like i don't think you should reunite this baby with his family right now and they didn't listen to her of course they did so that monday i believe it was like january 28th or 29th he was given back to daniel she was released back and it it crushed andrea she that's when she gives those pictures that i was telling you about mm-hmm. that they show at the trial she she gives him all the pictures she took she gives him all the things that she bought with her own money she gives to these people she gives him diapers she gives him formula the mamaroo mamaroos are not cheap y'all no they're not those things are expensive and her friend from church gave her this so if I was her friend from church, I'd be feeling some type of way. But she gives it to the family. And she, y'all, she writes them a letter. And she tells them how much she loves Dylan. And that she would very much still like to be in Dylan's life. And if they could please, like, text her. She gives them her, she gives them her personal phone number. And says, hey, maybe when he starts walking or starts crawling, could you call and let me know? Or could you send me pictures? That's horrendous. Oh, I cried so hard, y'all. It's horrendous because there was someone who loved him so much. And it was obvious how much she loved him. 12 days. She only had him 12 days. And she already built that connection with him. That's amazing. But anyways, um, like I said, he was released to Daniel because he did. But Jessica was not allowed to live in the home. He was only allowed to visit. That doesn't make sense, y'all. These people have been married almost 20 years. And, and have a kid. Have a 14-year-old together. Where is she supposed to go? Where? Yeah, she's on meth. She was supposed to be taking classes and parenting classes and drug classes and stuff. But 
I don't know. But let's fast forward to March. So from January 28th, everything seems to be okay. They report into their whatever checkups, which aren't very much, I might add. You suck, state of Ohio. Ugh. But anyways, let's fast forward. Um, March, like, 25th is the last time they have any contact with the Groves family. Okay. Take note of that. March 25th. Because I'm about to give you another date. It's going to make you mad. Um, It wasn't until June 2019. So he's born in January. Mm -hmm. They stopped hearing from the family in March. June... They finally get their act together, and they go to the Grobe's house. Why did it take that many months just to go to their house? Apparently, they were really busy, and there was some scheduling mishaps, and they had once before tried to go over there, and the family, like, ran away or something. I don't know. It just sounds like the people at the child services really screwed the pooch on this one. Yeah. And it took them six freaking months or however long of his life for them to actually go check on him because he'd be like what february june or february march april may june he'd be five months mm-hmm. he'd be five months old so that they waited five months no to go over to this house to see what's up um and it it pissed me off it i'm i don't know like my stomach's starting to hurt right now thinking about it again um, you haven't heard from this family for March. It takes you until June. It's just, every aspect of this case was handled so badly, and I don't, under, I don't understand. Not by the police is what we're saying. No. But by CPS. CPS, child services. Like, you have this family, and you have a foster mom that's literally willing to take care of this child, and 12 days later, you throw him, and then two months later, the family stops contacting you, and you don't let the police know until June? Yeah, it's not okay. I, I, I don't know. But... They do eventually get to the home. They arrest Jessica immediately. Apparently, she's, like, outside um, on the porch or something. But there's, like, a six-hour standoff with Daniel. He refuses to come out of the house. What were they arresting her for? They knew the baby was... Something had happened to the baby. Okay. They just... I don't know how they knew... But they hadn't had any contact since March, and nobody had seen or heard of the child, like, from anybody that knew them. They just were, I basically, they, I honestly think they knew that she had killed him, or something. Somebody Mm -hmm. had killed the baby. But she immediately goes, and they arrest her, but it takes six hours for them to get Daniel out of the house. Because it's just like a standoff, and he's refusing. Which is really stupid, like, just, it's, dude, give it up. It's whatever, but there's no sign of the baby. They said that when they walked through through the house, it was like a baby had never lived there at all. Oh, that's... Honestly, like a child, which is kind of concerning because they have a 14-year-old. But that's how the police described it. And Dylan is obviously nowhere to be found. There's no signs of a baby. Why would there be a baby? And this is when Daniel admits, when they get him finally after six hours of him being a Weenie Hut Jr., barricaded in his bedroom, they get him to, you know, the interrogating room. They interrogate Jessica. She kind of starts to break down immediately. Mm -hmm. 
Daniel, it takes a little while. And he's like, yeah, I'll admit, back in March, um, I stopped answering and doing meetings because he one night had walked into Dylan's crib and found him dead. He says he was already dead when he found him. And that's the story he was sticking to. And he made up this... Like, was he, like, claiming it was, like, a Sid situation? He didn't really say anything. He just said that he walked over to the crib and Dylan was dead. He didn't really elaborate on it. Okay. Later on, he goes to say that he saw Jessica violently shake Dylan and bang him up against the crib. Like, shaking him and then beating him on the crib. Who does that to a child? Me and Crystal were talking about this and what we can think, because Jessica never really, like, they kind of stick to that story, but they don't elaborate it. We think maybe she was high. Um, Dylan was probably still going through withdrawals. And he was probably crying and miserable. And it probably just came too much for her. And she killed him. That's what makes the biggest sense to me. But. I'm just speechless. It's a lot. But. Anyways, he makes up this story. He blames everything on Jessica. I mean, he blames it all. The only thing he's responsible for is disposing of Dylan's body. And to this day, that's the only thing he admits to. But, I don't, I don't know. He sends the, deple- the police department to a first location. And it ends up to be just, like, a waste of time. It's a wild goose chase. Nothing's there. But finally, after more interrogating, because Daniel and Jessica were placed into the same room and they were kind of talking together. And Daniel was kind of cocky and he was like, I didn't tell them where the body really is. And she's like, I didn't either. And they just kind of thought that they were going to get away with this. Did they really think that they weren't listening? Listening. listening? I know. If you're ever in an interrogation room. Baby, that's Law and Order episode one. Don't like we're not trying to tell you how to get away with something but be smart about it they have amplifiers in these rooms they could hear a fly buzzing on the wall like they're sitting there on the other side watching you anyways but apparently after more interrogating like daniel was probably like just tired of it he finally tells them where he placed baby dylan's body um, and it was actually inside of a well outside of town. It was about 85 miles away, closer to Columbus or Cincinnati. Um, I'm not very familiar with Ohio, but it was very close to Columbus. Um, it was a spot that Daniel actually went hunting. That's probably why he picked it, because he knew it was around and where he could probably hide a body, which is really sad to think about. Um, and the... They called out, the police department called out the fire department, which is not, I mean, that's what they do, um, to empty out the well so they could search it, but it was a spring-fed well, um, so it's kind of pointless to try and drain it because it would just take way too long. More than likely, the water would just keep filling up from other areas, so it was just, you know, lost cause. Um, so they, 
kind of like make up this like little way like this little tool that they kind of use like a fishing hook mm-hmm. and they're kind of placing it down into the well and um trying to grab something and the sad thing is is the police department kind of lied to the fire department which i kind of thought was really sad because my husband is a firefighter and he's worked a lot of cases um dealing with children Mm -hmm. and they had no idea that they were searching for the body of a baby until they pulled it up i feel like it's weird that they would not tell them that it was a baby it wasn't clear like in all the research it said that they were just out there searching for an object for a crate but they didn't know it was in the crate and probably their first thought was not oh i'm looking for a baby but i feel like that's really horrible because i feel like i would want to know that i was looking for a baby so that i can emotionally prepare yes um but eventually they did pull something out and it was how Daniel described it was a makeshift coffin. That's fantastic. That's great. But what the fire department actually pulled out of the well was two milk crates. If you don't know what it, that is, um, it's basically like the little plastic crates that they carry stuff in, like milk jugs. or but They're used for so many things. But think two of those put together and then, like, tied with, like, bungee cords and all, like, zip ties and stuff like that. Um, And they said, like, a few minutes after some, like, it had dried off, like, this god-awful stench. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Hit them. Because, I mean, it's been underwater since March. It's June. It's summer in Ohio. Anyways. They, like, put two and two together, and they're like, there's definitely a decomposing body inside this crate. They still didn't know what it was. It's small. It could be a body part, but it was the body of little baby Dylan, which is really sad to say. And when they do open it, it is filled with rocks. And Dylan's actual body was wrapped in saran wrap. If you don't know what saran wrap is, go into your kitchen. You more than likely have some. I have some downstairs, Mm -hmm. and I kind of wanted to go grab it out of my counter drawer and throw it away after I read this part because I don't think I'll be able to look at saran wrap the same way ever again in my life. Um, But the way the detectives and the coroner that actually did the autopsy on baby Dylan it was like rolls and rolls of saran wrap he was wrapped in. Did they think that it was going to like hide the, the stench sm- or I something? I don't know. I mean, honestly, there's so many questions that I still have. But like Crystal said last week, these killers, and that's what they are, they're murderers, they just throw their victims away like trash. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, Dylan was literally thrown into a 30-foot well by his father like trash in two milk crates. Yes. Yeah. And he's in, he was inside there with saran wrap. Crystal just pulled up a picture. It's heartbreaking. And that's supposed to be his father. And his mother's the one that violently shook him and beat him. The autopsy revealed he had a fractured skull, broken ribs, both of his collarbones were broken. I mean, 
is a little tiny baby. He was five pounds, four ounces when he was born. More than likely, he didn't weigh very much more than that. No, because they always lose the weight after they're born. Because here's the kicker. When they did the autopsy on four-month-old baby Dylan, he had methamphetamines in his system. Like, fresh methamphetamines. So... I'm assuming that she wasn't nursing him. I don't know. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Mom is still doing meth. Well, we knew she was. She was still testing positive at her. So, I mean, if she was nursing him, that would make sense as to why he would have had. There is a theory, though, that the parents didn't know how to handle his withdrawals. So, they were giving him meth. Like small doses. These people are small going doses. to. That's a theory, though, and the and the uh, the coroner couldn't confirm it. He just did a toxicology. Either way, either way, these people are going to rot in the ninth level of hell. Yes, because I am happy to report that they were both sentenced to life. Jessica does not have the possibility of parole, and she even got an extra thirty-two years tacked on, and Daniel has. Well, his was less because, like I said, he kind of... He just, quote, disposed of the body. body. Yeah, he said that he did not kill Dylan. He just got rid of the body, which he did get, um, uh, what was it? Desecration of a corpse or what? Yes. what? I forget how they described it. But since he died, he was a corpse, and then he disposed of him. So he is going to be serving... 47 to life so i mean he's in his 40s 47 years even if he's let out he'll be an old man in his 80s or 90s and hopefully they don't let him out but i this was a lot guys this was a really long episode i really didn't realize it was going to be this long but there was a lot to talk about and i really hope i don't have to do any more baby cases for a while I mean, I, there is another baby case. I oh, I do, do have. Oh, I do have to do another baby case. I just yeah. forgot. I'm not going to tell you guys what it is, but I'm equally mad about that one as this and one. And then the baby case you're thinking of is baby case. I'm thinking Think of. of yes. But that's we'll the only. That's, that's one of the only other baby cases that we need to do. Yes. But it's not going to be. I don't even think it'll be in the next couple months. So no. But we'll give ourselves a baby break. We are. That is. It for now, guys. We are done talking about that. Absolutely horrible. Oh, okay. Um, we do want feedback though. How's the audio sound? We've changed it up. We we are adulting, guys, on a whole new level. We actually have two mics. Yes. Now. So, how does the audio sound? Are we too loud? Are we too quiet? Is there too much echo? We totally want, do you want us to over-edit these so that you don't hear us moving and you don't hear us doing anything? Or do you like the whole chill vibe of, like, we you hear us really moving? We edit our, like, probably after we hit stop on this, we will be uploading it to yeah, the we drive. Do, yeah, we do, like, very minimal editing. If Do you like that? Does that, like, help you feel like you're just chilling with us? Or do you want us to edit it? Just let us know. Like, we can... We can edit a little bit. Like, we do, like, kind of even out the audio a little bit so you don't have any peaks and valleys. But I really don't do much other than that. Other than noise reduction, we don't really like it to be 100% authentic. And it's like, if you're on a road trip, you're just hanging out with your friends while we talk. Or if you're grocery shopping, I love 
to I do podcasts yeah, while I grocery shopping. I throw my AirPods in and I put a podcast or and like beg Twitch people stream. not to look at me. Yeah, and if you're shopping, grocery shopping, or maybe you're at, even when I'm doing the dishes, I'll sometimes throw a podcast on. I hope it feels like you're just hanging out with friends. So, okay. Well, that's all we got for today, guys. We hope you have a wonderful Sunday or whatever day it is that you are listening to this. Um, Thanks for joining us and thanks for hanging out. Have a good one. Bye.